Hello and welcome to the Orchard Church Family Ministry Podcast. My name is Jason Holmes and I'm the family's pastor at the Orchard Church where we are helping you make disciples in the home. Now this podcast and all of its previous episodes can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, or wherever you find your podcast. Now we've had lots of incredible guests and today is no exception. He is a longtime friend of mine. He's a worship pastor. He's a worship leader. He leads camps all around the globe. Uh, but more importantly, we've partnered together in ministry for many years now. He's a great friend. His name is Tim Winburn. Tim, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good to, ha- good to be here. Yeah, good to have you as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Tim, so by way of helping folks get to know you, obviously I know you, but wife, three kids. Give me an idea of where you are there in Jackson, Missouri, what's going on with your family. Certainly not, not necessarily the COVID days. We'll get into that in a second, but just give me a basic background. Yeah, well, like you said, I live in Jackson, Missouri, which is a little less than three hours north of Memphis. If you just hit I-55 and go north, you'll run right into us. Um, been living here for uh, gosh, almost 20 years now. It doesn't seem that long, but, uh, yeah, married to, uh, Erica and got three kids, um, 16 year old dude named Cade and a 13 year old named Tannen and a five year old girl named Emerson. So Tim, I've seen you through the years. Your family's awesome. We love each other. That's the, that's the thing is we are family, my family, your family. We've been around, we've partnered in ministry over and over and over again. And so I really do value your heart. And I really do think that you have a lot of great things to say with regards to family ministry and personal discipleship and discipleship in the home. And certainly I hear you talk about your kids and those sorts of things. And so I know you're living it firsthand. And yet you've also been traveling year after year, summer after summer, partnering with student ministry specifically specifically year after year. And so you've, you've got that ongoing relationship as well. But Tim, we weren't around in the swine flu. Um, I'm sorry, we weren't around in the, in the, the Spanish flu or anything like that. And so we're learning as we go up these COVID days. How are you leading in your church right now? Well, the one thing that, that we did, I, I really didn't take much of a break from ministry because I, I, I kind of shifted uh, back at the beginning of the year, we were I already had it in my budget uh, to to do some streaming and to do some other stuff, and so we were already kind of working towards that. So when it all you know when it all shut down, uh, it kind of forced us into into doing some stuff anyway. So um, so I went from being a full time worship leader to a full time uh, video producer, editor, <laughs> you know, all sure. of that kind of stuff, as well as well as leading worship. Um, and so uh, so we we've kept rocking along. Um, and, and just like many other churches, you know, our discipleship, uh, went to zoom and some, some things of of that nature. So we tried to very quickly jump on it and, and tried to, to make sure that, that we continued the conversations with people that we had already had going on. We wanted to make sure that, uh, that we didn't have a disconnect from our discipleship and we didn't have a disconnect from our engagement you know, so uh, we worked we worked fairly quickly, like most churches did, you know, that were kind of thrown into it. We worked pretty quickly to try to make sure all that stuff was in place. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Being agile and being able to, to turn on the dime like that. So, Tim, I know you. I know your heart. But but for those listening, tell me, you know, in a few minutes here, how has Jesus changed your life? Oh, wow. Um, just a few minutes, huh? Um 
I'm your I'm your typical you know Southern Baptist kid that grew up in the Bible Belt. You know, uh, uh, went to church every time the doors were were open. Um, you know, literally, this literally happened one time. I tried to fool my dad and say I'm sick, I can't go to church. He said, "Throw up and prove it." You know, like, <laughs> and then then I went and made myself throw up. And he goes, "Now don't you feel better? Get dressed, let's go." Like, so throw I mean, I didn't have up, throw up yeah. your hands to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I, di- I didn't have a choice. Uh, so I'm your I'm your typical Southern Baptist. You know, we were there every time the doors were open. Um, and so um, but when I was about 18 or 19 years old is when I really started um, to understand him as the Lord. Uh, I started understanding a little bit more of what it meant uh, to be in a relationship with him. Uh, many things changed. Uh, my, my whole outlook, uh, my, my outlook on life, my outlook on what my life is supposed to look like, my outlook on what my relationships outside of the church were supposed to look like. I mean, it cha- literally changed everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so trusting in Christ, not only with your life, but the details of life. And then I know that discipleship is important to both of us. And so yeah. just uh, in your words, what what is discipleship and why is it important? Well, this is this is not my phrase. I didn't coin this phrase. I heard it somewhere, and I, I can't even tell you where. So I, w- I wish I could give the listening audience the reference. But um, um, but these words have always stuck with me in ministry when it comes to m- most every part of ministry, but especially in discipleship. And the phrase is this: uh, that life change takes place in the context of relationships. And. I, I, I honestly believe that without relationships, you know, discipleship can happen, but without relationships we build with people, without being there for people, uh, without engaging uh, in those tough, tough times, uh, those tough conversations, those tough moments of life, without having that, um, without having those relationships, uh, there is really no good context for life change to happen. Um, because you look at the, you look at the example that Jesus gave us, you know, he got into our mess, uh, and life change takes place in the context of relationships. And, uh, and I've always thought about that, especially with disciple with, even with discipleship, I think knowing the word is important. I think being in the word is vital. Uh, I think spending time in prayer and spending time around folks in fellowship, uh, like when we all get together, we have a, you know, we, we have a good time. I, I believe all of that stuff is important. Uh, but for real life change to take place uh, in in growing in our uh, in our love for Christ and growing uh, in our, our relationship with Him, um, that context of relationship is is above all the most important thing. And so you you told me earlier about your kids, the three kids. Oldest I think was sixteen. Youngest was five. What does it mean to be the primary discipler in the home, Tim? How, how are you living that out? Well, uh, there again, not only is it biblical, you know, um, it, it's a it's a, a biblical, you know, if we're going to be biblically obedient as as fathers, that's what we were called to be. Uh, but outside of of biblical, there there's no other. I hope in my kids' life, there's no other there's no other role model, male role model in their life that's more important to them than me. And, and I think about that every day. And so whenever I start um, to try to think about how I'm going to disciple my kids, how I'm going to parent my kids, how I'm going to love them, how I'm going to dis- discipline them, all of that, it comes from this huge responsibility that God has laid at my, at my feet 
of being the main role model for them. And so I have to, in, in every one of those aspects, I have to, to come from it from a, a, very, um, a very humble place because God has given us that responsibility. And I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Um, I don't take that lightly at all. Now, I, now granted, discipling a 16-year-old is much different than discipling a 5-year-old. Um, my 16-year-old right now is a 16-year-old boy who is in, you know, he's he's entangled with everything you can imagine a 16-year-old boy that <laughs> you remember being 16. <laughs> you know, he's entangled with all that. And so discipling him right now is a little bit different than it was when he was five. Mm-hmm. Um um, but man, it's such a blessing to be able to walk beside him and, and show him, um, not just in scripture, but also in experiences of my own life by having him, um, by having him look at the lives of people that I hold dear to my heart, like you and, and others, um, as an example, um, it's, it's a pretty sweet, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty sweet moment to be able to walk through those moments with those kids. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate that. Uh, Tim, let me ask you one more question and then let's have a little fun together. Um, All right. uh, so this podcast is helping parents make disciples in the home. And so it's coming alongside families and ministry and that discipleship process, that partnership with the home and the church. And so let's say these parents are listening right now, Tim, and you're this random worship pastor in Jackson, Missouri. And yes, you partner with a lot of families, but they don't recognize that as much. And, you know, you'll be in and out of our our area as well. But what's a starting place, Tim? What's a starting point? What would you say if we were to say, okay, Tim, what would you tell them to do today? What's a place to start? Well, number one, obviously, they need to be in the word. Um, You know, that's that that's the foundation for everything is being in the word. But um, and hopefully if they're already in the word, having having daily relationship with God themselves, then uh, the transition to having those context relationships with their kids is easier. But here, here's where I would say uh, make discipleship a priority. Uh, we I mean, as parents, we know we have a lot of different things that, that pile up and uh, we make discipline sometimes a priority. Sometimes we're very good at it, sometimes we're not so good at it. We make making sure the kids do their homework, we make, that's a priority. Making sure we get them to where they're supposed to be at the right time, that's a priority. Making sure they brush their teeth and do all that, you know, we do all of that stuff and we make those things priority. And sometimes we leave relationships with God and, and, um, and spiritual things are kind of like an add-on and uh, I think that we we need to stop using Christ as an add-on and make him a priority. And I think when we do that, all those other things, you know, it says so in Matthew, you know, it says in, in Matthew, it says, you know, seek ye first mm-hmm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. And I, and I think I think really just the word priority comes to mind. When you ask that question, that's the first thing that popped into my mind yeah. was just the word priority. Mm-hmm. That's good. And you mentioned that Matthew 633. And in today's yep. world, too, let's just also throw out 34. You know, worry yeah. not about tomorrow because tomorrow right. has enough trouble of its own. I mean, my goodness. Right. right? Hey, so uh, let's have a little fun, Tim. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of popcorn questions and you quickly give me the first thing that comes to mind or some 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 easy answers along the way. OK, I'll start right. off with some easy things like this. Tim, what's on the bookshelf? What's a book you, you might recommend? Um. I'm a huge David Platt and Francis Chan uh, fan. Uh, I've actually gone back and I'm I'm rereading Forgotten God right now by Francis Chan that talks about our neglect of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I, I would highly recommend that that one right now. Yeah. 
All right. We talked about the word. We talked about the passion for the word. What's a scripture that's maybe always been one of your favorites or what's one that God's using to teach you today? Uh, I've really been resting here recently uh, uh, in First Peter 5. Uh, where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will lift you up, casting all of your cares on him, for he cares for you. Uh, I've really been sitting in that one um, a lot here lately, especially with what we're going through in, in, you know, with the country and with the, the sickness and everything else, just you know, uh, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Um, you know, that I, I've been resting in that one. So, Tim, let's have a little fun here. You're a worship pastor. You Mm -hmm. lead worship in a lot of different places, a lot of different venues for a lot of different audiences. What are what are a couple of uh, maybe worship songs that really stick out to you that really spoken to you and really catch you in a place to where it always points your attention and affection back to Jesus? Well, this is a loaded question because I know where you're going with this because you want me to say one particular song and one particular. But now I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, but it's it, it that is it is true, and you know what song I'm talking about. But the song that just really, uh, if I ever if I ever in, in a place where I just need to get in the car and drive and listen uh, to something that's going to refocus my it's going to refocus my attention back to where it needs to. It's it's Dave. I mean, it's Dave's song. Uh, in you is the name of the song. It's just uh, it says everything that that you need to hear at any moment of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It it. Uh... I, I love that song as well. It means a lot to my family. It's really been because it's scripture. It's uh, c- come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Right. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dave's a, a good friend of both of ours. And so, you know, have him on the podcast eventually, too. And so but Tim, what about this? Let's say you are uh, and let's get outlandish here. You're on a deserted island. You can only read one psalm. For the rest of your life, what's it going to be? <laughs> oh wow! See what I did there. Talk to the worship pastor about the Psalms. See, yeah, right? That's that's a tough one because there's, you know, I mean, obviously, you're on a deserted island, and I would like to think that if I'm on a deserted island, I would still prioritize Christ as number one, right? So I would immediately go to creating me a clean heart, oh God, or, or you know, or I would go to, uh, uh, I would go to uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, or, or um, you know, but. Um, I really think maybe uh, Psalm 34, the end of Psalm 34 is still pretty powerful no matter where you are. Search me, O God. Uh, you know, test my heart to see, to see if there's any wicked way in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's a pretty strong prayer. So, Tim, I've seen you lead worship a lot through the years, and I've noticed that you don't wear shoes. What's that about? <laughs> well, honestly... <laughs> Uh, it comes from a, uh, I mean, honestly, it was just a comfort thing. Cause I used to wear flip flops all the time. And when I would get on stage and start moving around, you know, sometimes flip flops can, can be a little dangerous, can get a little, you know, you get a little haphazard. Um, uh, and so honestly, I would just kick them off. Um, but then the more I got to thinking about it, I had a, I had a woman ask me that same question after an event one time, she goes, why don't you wear shoes? And I basically just told her, I was like, cause it's easier for me to move around. And she said, oh, I thought it was because, you know, the whole, you're standing on holy ground, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Burning bush, and, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so really and truly, I mean, the honest answer is it's a comfort thing, but then I also, that really kind of changed my, my view a little bit, um, when that woman told me that. And so now when I do kick the shoes off, I'm still kicking them off for comfort, 
but when I kick them off now, I kind of, every time I kick them off, it's a reminder to kind of have a little communion moment right there, even if it's just a half a second or a second, a communion moment uh, where I can say to God, you know, I know I'm not worthy of this this moment. I'm not worthy of this this space um, that we're getting ready to try to step into, uh, but you are worthy. Uh, and so I'm kicking these shoes off because you're holy and you're worthy. Mm. And uh, and so I, I kind of, I mean, like I said, it started off kind of as a, a, a fun thing, but uh, but there 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 is a little bit of meaning behind it. So Tim, we're gonna we're gonna play a little game here. I'm gonna see how long you can hold a note out. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna say one, two, three, go, and then we're going to see how long you can hold it out as a worship pastor. And so. You know, we'll, we'll see. Well, maybe we'll try it out with Dave or some of the other guys later, and we'll see who, who does the best, okay? So here we go. Pick any note you want. You know, uh, hmm, ha, hmm. You know, any of that. Felt like I was on the Minion movie just then. And, okay, you ready? One, two, three, go. Uh... Nearly 24 seconds. Tim, that look. Terrible. I, that now listen, terrible. But I will say this, though. Just your willingness to do that off the cuff. I mean, that I proves laughing. the kind of relationship that we have together. And I, I just want to say this, Tim. Listen, I am so thankful for you, man. I am so thankful for your friendship. I am so thankful for your partnership in ministry. I'm so thankful for your heart for worship and your heart for others and your heart for discipleship. And you have been a, a trusted friend through the years. And I am so thankful that we get to to hold each other's arms up in, in times and uh, that we have been able to partner in ministry, that we have been able to 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 really um, lead and to come alongside each other's ministries through the years. And that's been a lot of fun. And so any last words you want to share for the folks out there listening today, Tim? Well, a couple of things. First, let me just let me thank you uh, for for doing that. And you and and the people need to know there's only about two or three people in the in the whole universe that I would do something like that for, and you're one of them. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and, and part of that is because of um, some of the stuff that you just said about how we've uh, we've walked along beside each other for a, a lot of years, and those uh, some of the most special ministry moments of my life uh, have come, and and uh, you and your family have been a part of that. So. Uh, so that's uh, so. Thank you for that. Um, but I, I just kind of I would say you know uh, you asked me about uh, some psalms a minute ago, and I would say you know for people when it comes to discipling, if if this if you're asking me about discipling as a parent, uh, a final thought is um, don't don't forget about worship. Don't don't forget about you know when you're sitting down with your child. And you're opening scripture, or you're praying, or you're going over, uh, you know, some some questions that your ministry folks may have said. Hey, take these home and talk about them with your kids, or whatever. You know, in all of that, don't don't forget about uh, don't forget about worship. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying don't. You know, when I say worship, I'm not talking about singing songs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, don't forget about uh, what you are doing. Is is yes, it's a it's a responsibility, and yes, it's a commandment from God. But don't forget that those moments are glorifying and honoring uh, who God is and why God is. 
Um, and so don't neglect uh, the idea that what you're doing is not worship because it is. Um, you know, I heard Louis Giglio say one time that wor worship can be defined as worth-ship, W-O-R-T-H. And the things that matter to you, the things that you that you give worth are the things that you worship. And uh, and so just don't neglect don't neglect those moments because those moments are an act of worship. Those moments are moments where you are glorifying your Father in heaven. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for being a guest on the Orchard Church Family Ministry Podcast, where we are helping you make disciples in the home. As a reminder, this podcast and all of its previous episodes can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, or wherever you find your podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so that you're sure not to miss any of the future episodes. And as always, if you have a suggestion, please email me, Jason dot homes at the orchard dot com tim uh so as we go this week let's not forget worship and let's not let's not neglect that but let's love god love others and make disciples what do you say that sounds good to me buddy all right man i appreciate you tim thank you all right buddy love you All right, and there's one PS here I'm going to throw into the mix. Now, when I see Tim, and he leads worship at a lot of opportunities that we've been a part of, he always leads in with this. What is the Dave Hunt line, or whatever it is that you say, you know, a good friend once told me, go ahead, hit me up one time with it. Well, yeah, that's Dave. Uh, a good friend of mine once said, and and that's the, the friend is Dave. So I said, a good friend of mine once said, the only way to maintain proper health and well-being is to get eight to ten meaningful touches a day. That doesn't say you matter. I don't know what does. <laughs> That's true.